close to a million people will interact with World Pride in some capacity with a large amount of people that are travelling from overseas to Sydney, particularly from countries that did experience an MPOX outbreak like the UK or the US. That's likely to mean that there's going to be increased potential cases of monkeypox that will travel to an Australia. Thank you to the Hollywood Foreign Press. We're really encouraging everybody to ensure that they're vaccinated before they come, both getting their COVID-19 boosters, but also to get vaccinated for monkeypox too. Welcome to This Way Out, the international LGBTQ radio magazine. I'm Greg Gordon. Delhi Pride Marchers demand marriage equality. The Golden Globes crown gay producer Ryan Murphy's lifetime achievements. And Sydney World Pride preps for monkeypox. Those stories and more this week, now that you've found This Way Out. Elena Botkin-Levy. And I'm David Hunt. With News Wrap, a summary of some of the news in or affecting LGBTQ communities around the world for the week ending January 14th, 2023. It was Delhi's first Pride Parade after a three-year COVID shutdown, and LGBTQ people and their allies marched demanding marriage equality. The January 10th event focused on lawsuits now being considered by India's Supreme Court, according to Ajans Franz Press. Justices have been hearing petitions from several queer couples in the past few weeks, with more hearings scheduled in March. The High Court overturned British colonial-era laws against consensual adult same-gender sex just five years ago. Equality activists believe the momentum is on their side. They're encouraged by the recent selection of a pro-queer chief justice and the softening of attitudes in the mostly socially conservative country. Prime Minister Narendra Modi's conservative government has fought all the court challenges and has opposed all legislative efforts for marriage equality as well. A week before the Pride March, right-wing Hindu groups staged a small anti-queer demonstration in Delhi outside the Supreme Court. However, Reuters pointed to a statement issued shortly afterwards by the head of a national Hindu group that might moderate the national government's resistance. Mohan Bhagwat wrote that LGBTQ people should have their own private and social space as they are humans and have the right to live as others. His group is affiliated with Modi's ruling Bharatiya Janata Party. India is the planet's second most populous nation. Its population of about 1.4 billion would dwarf the number of people free to marry who they love in Taiwan, which led the way, opening civil marriage to queer couples in Asia. Authorities in Algeria are clamping down on rainbow regalia, especially LGBTQ pride flags. Police officers and other officials are seen handing out informational pamphlets decrying such displays in at least one video clip posted to Twitter and Reddit. The pamphlets illustrate variations on the flag, including the Gilbert Baker-created original and the Progress Pride version. A slogan above them states, I'm a Muslim and these flags and symbols don't represent me. The anti-queer campaign also urges all Algerians to boycott rainbow-colored items as being anti-Islam. 
private consensual adult same-gender sex is a criminal offense in the North African nation, punishable by up to three years in prison and a fine. Queer advocates fear that the government's latest moves will exacerbate the challenges faced by sexual and gender minorities in the socially conservative country. Meanwhile, in Kenya, the decomposing body of queer activist Edwin Chaloba was found in a metal box by the side of the road. The 25-year-old fashion designer had been suffocated to death and his body had been mutilated. A number of suspects are now in custody and the police investigation is ongoing, according to the latest reports. A conversion therapy ban is being blocked by Republican members of the Wisconsin State Legislature. Democratic Governor Tony Evers issued guidelines against the practice in 2020 through occupational licensing requirements of the Marriage and Family Therapy, Professional Counseling, and Social Work Examining Board. The Republican-dominated legislature scuttled those directives soon thereafter. All six Republican members of the Joint Committee for the Review of Administrative Rules outnumbered the Democrats on January 13th to continue to block Evers' efforts. Opponents did not directly support conversion therapy. They claimed that Evers and the board had overstepped their authority, creating guidelines that could violate freedom of speech. While attempts to ban conversion therapy at the state level appear to be stymied for the time being, the debunked practice that claims to turn queer people straight has been banned in several Wisconsin cities, including Milwaukee, Madison, Eau Claire, Racine, Sheboygan, and Appleton. West Virginia's ban on transgender competitors in female school sports is perfectly constitutional. This, according to U.S. District Court Judge for the state's Southern District, Joseph Goodwin. Republican Governor Jim Justice signed the Save Women's Sports Bill into law last year. It defines girl and woman as anyone assigned female at birth. The ban applies to middle school, high school, and college athletics. Goodwin acknowledged, being transgender is natural and is not a choice. He decided, however, that it also dictates physical characteristics that are relevant to athletics. Lambda Legal and the ACLU joined a number of advocacy groups to challenge the ban on behalf of a preteen transgender girl. West Virginia government officials approved of the ruling. Attorneys for the plaintiff have yet to announce an appeal or other action in response. A high school theater production is called off and LGBTQ supportive literature is being removed from Florida's library shelves all because of the state's so-called don't-say-gay law. Students at Jacksonville's magnet, Douglas Anderson School of the Performing Arts, had been rehearsing Indecent, set to open on March 1st. The award-winning 2015 work by lesbian playwright Paula Vogel recalls 1923's controversial God of Vengeance. That historic drama centered on a queer Jewish couple, and cast members were arrested on obscenity charges. Senior Madeline Scotty was to portray one of the leading characters in Indecent. In her words, the production was, don't say gade. School officials deny that the parental rights and education law caused the shutdown. Duval County Public Schools spokesperson Tracy Pierce countered Scotty's accusation in Teen Vogue, saying that the play contains adult sexual dialogue that is inappropriate for student cast members and student audiences. 
Previous student productions of Rent and Chicago met no such resistance despite their clearly adult themes. Scotty told Teen Vogue that the cast was exploring alternative off-campus venues so that the show can go on. Meanwhile, Central Florida's Lake County School District ordered the removal of three queer-positive books from library shelves this week. In Our Mother's House by Patricia Polacco, which is about a family of two women and their three adopted children. A Day in the Life of Marlon Bundo, Jill Twiss's gay-themed satirical spin on a children's book about the pet rabbit of former Vice President Mike Pence's family. And the award-winning And Tango Makes Three, the true story by Justin Richardson and Peter Parnell about a gay penguin couple raising an adopted chick. The board specifically cited the Don't Say Gay law for those removals, according to popular information. It also reported that books pulled from school library and classroom shelves in Seminole County include gender nonconforming characters, such as the little boy who likes to wear dresses in Jacob's New Dress by Sarah Hoffman. Officials in Manatee County also cited the Parental Rights in Education Law for the removal of several queer-themed books. Finally, a Christian Karen's holy water assault on a gay couple in front of a Toluca, Mexico church has become a TikTok sensation. Mexico City resident Leonardo Hernandez posted the video of the woman telling him that hugging his partner on church grounds was teaching immorality to the country's youth. She sprinkled them with holy water and called the police to demand that the couple be arrested for trespassing on the private property of the house of the Lord. A bystander is seen telling the woman, they're not doing anything, they're just sitting here. Hernandez is heard saying, it's bad to hate, lady. The video then shows Hernandez explaining to a police officer the unidentified woman had called that hugging one's partner is not immoral. He also insists that they were not being disrespectful to the church nor to the woman. The police officer chastises the woman and calls her actions discriminatory. But he also asks Hernandez and his partner to leave to avoid further conflict. The TikTok video has been viewed hundreds of thousands of times. One user simply asks, these people still exist? After a years-long state-by-state struggle, marriage equality finally became the law of the land across Mexico last October. That's News Wrap, global queer news with attitude for the week ending January 14th, 2023. Follow the news in your area and around the world. An informed community is a strong community. News Wrap is written by Greg Gordon, edited by Lucia Chappelle, produced by Brian DeShazer, and brought to you by you. Thank you. Help keep us in ears around the world at thiswayout.org, where you can also read the text of this newscast and much more. For This Way Out, I'm David Hunt. Stay healthy. And I'm Elena Botkin-Levy. Stay safe. Hooray for Hollywood. That's gooey, bally, hooly, Hollywood. The diversity-challenged Hollywood Foreign Press Association put its queer foot forward for the 80th Golden Globe Awards. Black gay comedian Gerard Carmichael hosted the event in Los Angeles. Several LGBTQ nominees took home trophies. And gay television producer Ryan Murphy was given the Carol Burnett Lifetime Achievement Award. 
Usually, the stars of his creations, like M.J. Rodriguez, Billy Porter, Nisi Nash, Matt Bomer, and Jeremy Pope are the ones in front of the camera, but on January 10th, thanks to the Golden Globes and NBC, it was Murphy's turn. I have dedicated most of my lifetime achievement speech here tonight to these wonderful actors I've worked with to make a point of hope and progress. When I was a young person at home in the 70s, watching the Carol Burnett show. I never ever saw a person like me getting an award or even being a character on a TV show. It's hard being an LGBTQ kid in America, in fact, all over, all over the world, then and now. And I have one word for you, Florida. You are often told you will never become anything. You have to hide your light to survive. But for those kids watching tonight, I offer up MJ, and Billy, and Nisi, and Matt, and Jeremy as examples of possibility. There is a way forward. Use them as your North Stars. For 25 years, that's all I've ever tried to do here in Hollywood. My mission was to take the invisible, the unloved, and make them the heroes I long to see but never did in pop culture. Thank you to the Hollywood Foreign Press. Then there's my family, who I love very much, my better half, David Miller, Dana and Matt Walden, Bart Brown, and my children, I can't believe I get to say that on a stage, Logan Fording Griffin. Thank you. The Golden Globe Awards are still streaming on Peacock. Straight military personnel will have to shower with homosexual. <gasps> what do you think goes wrong when people shower with homosexuals? Do you think it's the spray makes it catching? To accept the principle that homosexuals can't shower with other people is a degree of discrimination that goes far beyond this. I mean, uh, we, we don't get ourselves dry cleaned. Hello, I'm Barney Frank, and you are listening to This Way Out, the international radio show for all our sexually diverse communities. Our listeners support This Way Out in many ways. By subscribing to our e-newsletter. Email us at info at thiswayout.org. And through your financial contributions to our program. More information and a link to give are online at thiswayout.org. Thank you. Celebration is on for World Pride in Sydney, Australia, starting February 12th. But the anticipation comes with a health warning from ACON, the state of New South Wales' leading LGBTIQ health organization. Its director of HIV and sexual health, Matt Vaughn, shared some important advice about monkeypox with our Down Under correspondent, Barry McKay. One of the dangers of monkeypox, or MPOX as it's also known, for the LGBTIQ plus community, and how does it spread? So I think there's the large amount of danger of monkeypox for those that might be unvaccinated. I think around the globe, we definitely saw an increased amount of cases, or a large number of cases, globally of MPOX transmission happening, particularly 
between sexual networks. Um, so even though it's not an STI officially, uh, it was being passed through networks of people or clusters of people um, where sex was occurring. And that was because of the close proximity. Do you know an estimate of the numbers of people coming to World Pride this year? Yeah, so I think the public or the numbers that I've heard is that there'll be about, I think, close to a million people will interact with World Pride in some capacity. And so that, of course, includes people that are already here in New South Wales. It includes people that might be travelling internationally to Sydney, people that are travelling from other states and territories, and, of course, other people in rural and regional areas. Yes, so quite a large number are about to descend on Sydney. And of course, a lot of people from abroad or overseas will be coming to Sydney as well. Yeah, definitely. So I'm not sure exactly on what the estimates are, uh, but I know that this is the first time that World Pride has been held in the Southern Hemisphere. Um, And so it's being held in our summer, which is pretty fantastic. Um, And it's at the time of our normal Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras parade. So it really is a, a great time for Sydney and a time that we really shine. With such a large event as World Pride happening next month, what are the dangers or risks Sydney faces during that period in regards to monkeypox or mpox? Yeah, so in Australia, we were able to like we were able to prevent any large uh, large scale outbreaks of monkeypox. I think here in Australia, we had a little bit over fifty cases nationally. One thing that we're really aware of is that with a large amount of people that are travelling from overseas to Sydney, particularly from countries that did experience an MPOX outbreak like the UK or the US, that's likely to mean that there's going to be increased potential cases of monkeypox that will travel to an Australia. Now, I'm not saying that that's happening uh, deliberately, but of course, unknowingly. Um, And so that's one thing that we're very uh, cautious of at the moment, and not just monkeypox, but also COVID-19. This is one of the reasons why we're really encouraging everybody to ensure that they're vaccinated before they come, both getting their COVID-19 boosters, uh, so they're fully vaccinated, but also if they're able, and as soon as they're able, to get vaccinated for monkeypox too. Understanding that those, it's a two-step vaccination, of at least 28 days apart. Um, And it really takes about two weeks for you to be at optimum protection levels. So that means you really, if you should be starting your vaccinations now. Yeah, because World Pride begins on the 12th of February or February 12th. And uh, people will really need to start getting their vaccinations uh, organized as soon as possible. Yes, absolutely. Vaccination is, yes, really the key thing that people can do, both to protect themselves and to protect their partners. So with this 28-day period um, that you have to wait between your uh, MPOX vaccinations, uh, that would mean you'd have to get your your shots organised as soon as possible if you're coming to Sydney for World Pride. Yes, that's correct. Also, as a foreign resident, could you get your second shot in Australia if you miss the deadline before you leave for your second shot? Look, we're encouraging, from what we understand from New South Wales Health, they've encouraged people to get vaccinated as much as possible before they arrive. As I'm sure uh, your listeners would be aware, there is a world shortage of uh, MPOX vaccinations, but those are starting to come through now. So after you have your 28 days between each vaccination, 
there's also two weeks to ensure that you're at optimum protection levels. By the time you get to Australia, um, you, we really want people to arrive and be ready to get into the swing of things uh, right from the get-go rather than having to wait that two-week period. But here in Australia, we do have vaccine supply um, and currently there are no restrictions for Medicare status. Um, but yes, really the best thing people can do is ensuring that they're fully vaccinated before they arrive. So that would mean potentially an overseas resident or an overseas citizen could get a second shot once they're here, if it was an emergency? Yeah, I don't have information on that at the moment, and that's really a question for New South Wales Health. So we, we wouldn't re- be recommending uh, overseas residents or foreign visitors to be doing that? Not at this stage. I think the, the strong recommendation, certainly the information that we have, would be to, if able, get vaccinated before they arrive. And that's to ensure that you can get the two doses um, and have that two-week waiting period for optimum protection. If anything changes, uh, that will be announced through New South Wales Health. Good. What challenges would the Australian health system face if there was a serious monkeypox outbreak? Yeah, uh, look, Australia, and particularly New South Wales, has a very strong and robust health system and public health network. ACON has a a long history of working with New South Wales Health on HIV and STIs. And I think that relationship was really evident when looking at the way that we respond to monkeypox. But really, there's going to be enough things that are going to be happening over World Pride through accident and emergencies and acute presentations to emergency rooms. So ideally, we'd like to reduce the impact of monkeypox as much as possible. So although the health system would be able to uh, you know, handle an outbreak and there's certainly procedures in place for people that might be diagnosed or uh, have symptoms of monkeypox while here in Australia, really in getting people to be vaccinated before they arrive, but then also having strong self-awareness of any, you know, uh, fevers, rashes or lesions is, a, yeah, is vital to you know, really protecting uh, the community and yourself and your potential sexual partners. And monkeypox is basically spread through bodily contact. Yes, yes. So those, what we've seen is really those sexualised settings, so intimate, intimate moments. Which, of course, could very well happen during uh, such a big, uh, joyous event such as World Pride. Definitely. My next question is, will overseas travellers to Australia be covered by the Australian health system? And what if a traveller to Australia needed to see a doctor when they were here regarding monkeypox? Yeah, so uh, there are a small number of countries that Australia has reciprocal health arrangements with, such as the UK, New Zealand uh, and Italy. But I believe your listeners are in the US and so they we don't have a reciprocal health arrangement with the US. So one of the things that we strongly encourage people is to make sure that they've got full traveller's insurance before coming to Australia. Our healthcare isn't the cheapest in the world, and so traveller's insurance will make sure that if anything does come up, uh, that you're fully protected for, of course, any visits that you might need to do to a GP or any hospital stays that might come. And that's not just for monkeypox, but any sort of emergency that might occur. It would be too late to be vaccinated once you're here in Australia, wouldn't it? For monkeypox? 
Look, there is some evidence to suggest that you would get some protection from a vaccination, but in order to have optimum protection level, you would really need that two doses, so with the 28 days apart, and then that kind of two weeks after your second vaccination. So that's you know, essentially six weeks uh, when we know that most people would likely only travel to Australia for you know, 10 days to 14 day period. And finally, have you got any other things you'd like to mention for overseas travellers coming to Sydney for World Pride? Yeah, look, we're really looking forward to welcoming our extended LGBTQ family here to Sydney for World Pride. It's a great time of year. The weather's wonderful and it's a real glitz and glamour of Sydney. And we want people to enjoy themselves as much as possible. But outside of monkeypox and what we've spoken about today, there are just a few key things that people can think about, particularly in relation to their sexual health before they arrive. And so one of the things we're encouraging people to do before they arrive in Sydney, whether they're coming from other states and territories, whether they're from Sydney or other countries, is to get tested. So get a full sexual health check. Unfortunately, a lot of people or there are a lot of cases of HIV and STIs that are transmitted through or via people that don't know that they have it in the first place. So if everybody's getting tested before they're engaging in sexual activity, that will pick up any kind of uh, unknown cases of HIV or STIs and reduce the risk of passing those on to your sexual networks. The other thing that we're encouraging people to do is think about their chosen HIV prevention option while they're here. So there's some really effective uh, biomedical prevention strategies like U equals U and, of course, PrEP, as well as condoms and lube. But for some of those, that requires planning ahead. So in the instances of, you know, for PrEP, making sure that you've got your prescription and that you've got enough pills to cover you for while you're travelling. Check the expiry date of those. Uh, And, of course, if you need anything more... making sure that you're booking in a consultation with your doctor uh, so that you've got a full uh, full supplies on hand uh, and doing that well ahead of time is kind of going to be key to maintaining the maximum or getting the maximum pleasure uh, while you're here in Australia. Uh, and that, of course, with the COVID-19 uh, boosters and your monkeypox vaccination is kind of, yeah, everything that you need ahead of time. Matt Vaughan from ACON, uh, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you very much. This is Barry Mackay in Sydney, Australia, for This Way Out. I don't know what to say, the monkey won't do. I don't know what to say, the monkey won't do. Hi, I'm Brian DeShazer, CEO of This Way Out Radio and Overnight Productions, Inc. This Way Out has been selected as one of the first-year collections for the Library of Congress National Recording Preservation Board, Radio Preservation Task Force's new program, Sound Submissions. This means This Way Out programs will be preserved for future generations. You can help preserve the future of This Way Out. Email us at info at thiswayout.org to subscribe to our newsletter. Thank you for listening and for your support.
Thanks to Discovering This Way Out, brought to you by the nonprofit Overnight Productions. Newswrap was reported this week by Elena Botkin-Reedy and David Hunt and produced by Brian DeShazer. Correspondent Barry McKay reported from Sydney. Cool on the gang, Michael Callan and Derek Harriet performed some of the music you heard, and Kim Wilson composed and performed our theme music. This way, I'll thank Judd Proctor and Brian Burns and Richard Merck and Brad Payton of Silicon Valley. This program would not be possible without the critical support of all of our listener donors. Thank you. Look for This Way Out Radio on social media, email us at info at thiswayout.org, or write to us at P.O. Box 1065, Los Angeles, California, 90078, USA. For associate producer Lucia Chappelle and everyone at This Way Out, I'm Greg Gordon. Thanks for listening online for free at thiswayout.org or wherever you get your podcasts and on KEUL, Girdwood, Alaska, Rainbow Radio FM, New York, New York, 7RGYG, Tasmania, and a wide array of community terrestrial and internet radio stations around the world, including this one. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay tuned.